Hello, and welcome to the Weekly Med. My name is Nick, and I am a first-year medical student at Lincoln Memorial University, DeBusk College of Osteopathic Medicine. Um, and this podcast is your go-to place for all things medical news, maybe learn some interesting facts about being a doctor and I'm also going to talk about medical school and college, the things that I did right, things that I did wrong. I'll have some guest speakers on here to talk about things that they've done, uh, things that they know work, things that they know don't work, their experiences, and the things that they did when they were uh, in my shoes as a 22-year-old student doctor um, back in the day. I do want to start out by saying uh, I am not a licensed physician yet. I am a student doctor. I'm not a full, full, full 100% physician yet. So, uh, and I'm going to try and, I, I mean, I don't think I'm going to be giving out medical advice on this show, but anything I say really uh, at the moment, if I say anything about, you know, medical advice or things like that, I might be wrong. Um, I know some stuff, but I don't know everything. And I don't know most things, I'd say. So I'm really just doing this uh, sort of for fun. It's sort of like a hobby for me. Um, so this is this is really just about people's experiences with uh, medical school, with being a doctor, and uh, some medical news, some current events, things like that. I want to start by saying that the, you know, I talked a little bit about this already, but the reason why I'm doing this is just, it's sort of like a creative outlet for me. I've always been a little bit of a creative person. I've always liked doing creative things. When I was in high school, I did a lot of theater. I did a lot of, uh, did a lot of, you know, making videos and writing songs and stuff. And it was just like a fun creative outlet for me. It was just something to do that was outside of school, uh, outside of, all the the technical stuff that I do every day. So this is just something for me to do, something fun to do. Uh, I think I'm going to try to release one of these every week on Saturday, probably Saturday or Sunday. That's probably the day that I'm least busy. Um, So I think that's probably when I'm going to do it. If you're listening to this and, and you want to join me on this or whatever, uh, you want to yell at me, you want to come on here and yell about something, whatever it is, if you want to do that, uh, or if you want to just have me talk about something, if you have an opinion about something I said, whatever it may be, uh, I have set up an email. Okay. I've set up an email strictly for the show. And the email is, uh, the at gmail.com. All lowercase, no spaces, no capitals, theweeklymed at gmail.com. Shoot me an email. Let me know. Tell me something that's that's going on that you want me to talk about or um, if you want to join me on, on the show. Okay. So, again, I'm going to talk a little bit about medical news on this show. I'll tell you a little bit about myself. So, I, as I said, I'm a first-year medical student at, at Lincoln Memorial University and I went to college at the University of Arkansas for four years. I got a bachelor's degree in kinesiology, exercise science. Uh, I applied to medical school in 2020, fall of 2020. 
tough time to apply to medical school, but I did it. I done did it. And uh, I got into Lincoln Memorial University in the spring semester of my senior year in college. And now I am almost done with my first year of medical school at this point. So I got about five or six weeks left, I think. Um, yeah, so I went to the University of Arkansas. Uh, I graduated with honors from the University of Arkansas. Not, not to brag, but I did. And uh, I am originally from St. Louis, Missouri. Shout out 314. I, uh, I am from St. Louis. I went to Clayton High School. When I was in high school, like I said, I, I did a lot of theater, did some, some singing and musicals. I played basketball. I was the captain of my basketball team in high school. Um, I played a little bit of uh, soccer, actually, and I played... Um, I used to play a lot of baseball. I was the baseball manager in high school. I did a lot of stuff in high school. I was a pretty active guy. Uh, yeah, I did some research in college over um, motor learning and muscle memory. Um, so I have I have a good amount of experience in the medical world. I've done a lot of shadowing. Uh, I've been to uh, many different hospitals, different practices. I've seen a lot of different specialties. And now I'm in medical school, and I'm learning actually the 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 preclinical knowledge about uh, all the medical stuff, which is really cool. So that's that's about me. That's that's really the only thing that I think is important to know. I have a dog named Gumbo, and he's a beautiful blue healer lab mix. And if you're lucky enough to know him or meet him, uh, he's a great dog. And that's really all there is to know about me. Um, I mean, I have two very loving parents who own a restaurant in St. Louis, Missouri. Tony and Kelly Allman, huge shout out to them. They are they're very supportive, great parents, love them. I have a, a beautiful sister named Dylan. Um, Dylan has Down syndrome, and she is probably the funniest, nicest person I've ever met in my life. Um, she's pretty great. And I, I think uh, that's, that's really me. Um, that's that's really the bottom line. I, I went into medicine because I I really loved the idea of helping people through a situation that is never comfortable. No one likes going to the doctor. No one likes being sick. No one likes being uncomfortable uh, with their own body. And so I, I I've ever since you know probably sophomore year of high school I've wanted to be a doctor and. Uh, I decided it and I decided that I wanted to be a doctor and I did it and I'm here and I'm doing it and I'm on my way and uh, I've had a lot of help along the way. I've had a lot of great opportunities to develop my skills, develop my interpersonal skills, uh, build my knowledge and I'm just getting started and I am really excited about it as I'm sure if you're in medical school or if you're in college listening to this and you're on your way to doing whatever it is you want to do, uh, I'm sure you feel the same way. It's, it's exciting to get started on uh, finally doing the thing that it, that it is that you want to do. And that's, that's kind of what I'm doing right now. My first year, I mean, finally, first year in medical school, I finally feel like I'm learning stuff that I'm actually going to use in my, uh, my career, which is really great because I didn't feel that way a lot of the time in college. Uh, and I didn't feel that way a lot of the time in high school. But now I finally feel like I'm going to use at least uh, some of the stuff that I'm learning right now in my first year of school. So 
that's that's me. Uh, if you have thoughts about anything that I'm saying uh, for the rest of the show, please email me, theweeklymed at gmail.com. Shoot me an email. Let me know what's going on if you want me to talk about something. Now, uh, I have some things that I do want to talk about. And uh, the first one that I want to talk about is kind of a funny story. Is uh, I saw this article on Medical News Today, and if you like reading medical news, then Medical News Today is a great uh, website if you want to get like some sort of medical news. But this one caught my eye. I thought it was pretty funny and interesting because it it just caught my eye. Uh, the 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 title of the article is Six to Twelve Prunes a Day May Lower Inflammation and Protect Your Bones." Now I don't know about you. Okay, I don't know about you, but I don't think I have ever had a prune in my 22 years on this earth. I don't think I've ever even seen a prune. I don't know, I don't know what a prune is, guys. I, I'm in medical school. I'm in graduate, I graduated from college. And I don't know what a prune is, okay? But apparently, they can help you lower inflammation and protect your bones. Now, I had to look it up, okay? I had to Google what is a prune. And it's apparently a dried plum. Now, I don't know about you, part two, but I don't know if I've ever had a plum or even seen a plum. What, what is going on? Am I, missing, am I missing something? Am I missing out on something? Are prunes good? Do, do people eat prunes? Am I, what's, I'm, I think I'm missing I'm missing out on a on the prune craze. I, I don't I don't think I've ever had a prune. I don't know if I've ever seen one. But this study, uh, they studied 106 women with osteoporosis, and they found that over the course of 12 months, uh, eating six to 12 prunes can lower your chances of osteo of getting lasting effects of osteoporosis and inflammation. Now, they said that the limitations are there's a low sample size, which is true. Only 106 people is a pretty low sample size. But uh, And they also said that they only did it for 12 months. And usually when you're talking about a food or some sort of supplement or something helping uh, a disease, you usually want to do that for a really long time with more people. And so the limitations and concerns sections of this is, cor- is correct, in my opinion. I think that they do need to do a longer study with more people. But uh, apparently, prunes, guys. Prunes, especially. And osteoporosis is um, really prevalent in older women. And inflammation is prevalent in, like, everyone. So if you're an older woman you know, I would say above the age of 50, and you're worried about osteoporosis, might be time to think about having some prunes. (laughs) Okay. Uh, 
I don't know why I thought that was so funny, but I just I thought it was so funny because I've never had a prune. I don't think. I don't think I've ever had a prune. Uh, okay. Now I want to shift to a slightly more serious note, um, but it's still an interesting story, and I think it's worth talking about. Uh, if you haven't heard about this story, I think it's definitely worth looking into. It's worth reading about at the very least. Um, or maybe watch a YouTube video about it or something. But this thing that I've, I've been seeing it a lot uh, recently, I saw some people post things on Instagram. I saw uh, some stuff on the front page of, you know, like Facebook and stuff like that, front page of Reddit. I uh, am really interested in this story about Redonda Vaught. And if you haven't heard about this story, you should look up Redonda Vaught, R-A-D-O-N-D-A. Vought, V-A-U-G-H-T. Read the story uh, before you listen to the rest of what I have to say because you should read it for yourself before uh, we dive into this. But it's a very interesting story, and a lo- it has a lot of medical professionals uh, a little worried, honestly. And I, I get it. I get why, and we're going to talk about it. Um, so this is this is from NPR. This is the article that NPR wrote about it, and I'm going to talk about it for just a second. I'm going to read directly from it. I'm not going to try to try to read it, you know, paraphrase it or anything. I'm going to read exactly what it says, a few paragraphs here. So, uh, Redondavat, a former nurse criminally prosecuted for a fatal drug error in 2017, was convicted of gross neglect of an impaired adult and negligent homicide on Friday. Uh, this was a couple weeks ago, I think, after a three-day trial in Nashville, Tennessee that gripped nurses across the country. Vaught faces three to six years in prison for neglect and one to two years for negligent homicide as a defendant with no prior convictions, according to sentencing guidelines. Now, that's a maximum of eight years in prison and a minimum of four. Okay, Four years in prison is a long time, and that's the minimum. Eight years in prison is also very long time. Okay? Now, she was convicted, so they found her guilty. She's going to get sentenced on May 13th. So she's going to jail. It's just for how long is the question. Um, they acquitted her of reckless homicide, which is, which is more uh, serious of a charge than negligent homicide. Um, so... Yeah, the reason why that it's been watched so closely by medical professionals across the United States is because they worry that it could set a precedent of criminalizing medical mistakes. And uh, if you're in medical school or uh, if you've dealt with some sort of medical malpractice things, everyone knows that medical professionals make mistakes, right? That's just part of the gig. That's part of the game. That's just how it works. And this is something that medical mistakes is something that is usually taken care of by professional licensing boards or civil courts and that's where you see medical malpractice that's when you see people getting their licenses taken away or suspended things like that and criminal prosecutions where you're actually convicted of a a crime like a, a federal I mean, it's a homicide, basically murder. Um, that's pretty rare. That doesn't happen uh, a whole lot, or it hasn't happened a whole lot in the past. Now, the reason why it's worrisome is because 
people are worried that if they disclose an error that they made, if they say, oh, I messed up and I did this, that they have a chance of going to jail. And so it might cause, you know, some fraudulent, fraudulent documentation, uh, might have a, a bad effect on like the quality of care because people are worried about about documenting things that could get them in i mean really serious trouble i mean this is eight years in prison is no joke uh so the rest of the npr article the i'm gonna read what she did um and the story people i think some people are gonna agree with me and some people are not gonna agree with me about what i think about this but i think I think it goes. Uh, I think I'm. I'm usually. I try to be right in the middle of of a lot of stuff like this. But I think some people might disagree with what I have to say. But if it, I I think I'm a pretty logical guy, pretty reasonable. So I don't. I'm not going to say anything too crazy. But I'm going to read you the story and try to think about just just from a from a, a neutral standpoint. Think about it from that standpoint if you can. So, Charlene Murphy, 75, of Gallatin, Tennessee, was admitted to Vanderbilt for a brain injury, Vanderbilt Medical Center. At the time of the error, her condition was improving, and she was being prepared for discharge from the hospital. According to, uh, uh, sorry, according to courtroom testimony and a federal investigation report, Murphy was prescribed a sedative. Verse said to calm her before being scanned in a large MRI-like machine. Now I don't know if I'm saying that drug name right, Verse said or Versed maybe, um, but it's a sedative. I'm just gonna say sedative from now on. Uh, and she was being scanned in an MRI-like machine. I don't know if that just means an MRI machine or what the deal is with that. But that I thought that was weird that they said MRI-like machine. Anyway. Vought was tasked, so the nurse, Vought, was tasked to retrieve first, or verse said, uh, I think it's versed for some reason, but it's a sedative. She was tasked to retrieve the sedative from a computerized medication cabinet, but instead grabbed a powerful paralyzer, Vecuronium. And we actually learned about Vecuronium in my pharmacology class this week. Uh, it's a, it is a paralytic drug. It, it's used in, uh, if I remember correctly, surgeries if you have someone going into surgery and you need to like paralyze them for a brief period of time so that they don't move um i think intubation so if you're like putting a tube in someone's airway to help them breathe that it can be used for that uh there's a couple other things it was used for but it's a it's a paralytic drug and it's a it's a powerful drug like it's it's pretty it's pretty bad so uh, according to, I mean, it's not bad. It's not a bad drug. It's, it's bad if someone, you know, doesn't need it or you give too much of it or whatever it is. Um, okay. So according to an investigation report filed in her court case, the nurse overlooked several warning signs as she withdrew the wrong drug, including that verse is a liquid, but vecuronium is a powder. And then injected Murphy and left her to be scanned. By the time the error was discovered, Murphy was brain dead. So she made what I have counted as three very critical errors. And that led to this woman's death. She overlooked 
several warning signs as she withdrew the wrong drug from the computerized medication cabinet. She, once she withdrew it, she probably could have realized that what she grabbed was a powder and not a liquid. And lastly, she injected the patient and then just didn't monitor the patient. Now, I don't know a ton about procedures in a hospital or things like that, but I am pretty sure that if you inject somebody with something, you usually monitor them for at least a little bit. I mean, even after I got like vaccinated, I had to get a few vaccines and titers and stuff for uh, to get into medical school last summer. Uh, and even after I had gotten those vaccinations and boosters and things like that, I had to wait 10, you know, 15 minutes after I get injected with those things to make sure I don't have a reaction or that something doesn't happen. And I'm sure everybody, yeah, I think everybody had to do that with the COVID vaccine. If you, if you've gotten vaccinated with the COVID vaccine and boosters and things like that, they make you wait for at least i think 10 minutes until and in this case when you're talking about a sedative or or even if it was you know you're supposed to give them the paralyzer even in that case to not monitor a patient after injecting them with with something i mean but the thing is you don't know you don't know what the situation was in the hospital that day you don't know what her mental space was like like you don't know if she was if she was having a bad day or maybe she was really, really busy and just, you know, she just thought, well, it, it'll be okay. You know, you don't know, you don't know the situation. So she made some errors. She made some critical errors, but you don't, you don't know what the circumstances were surrounding these errors, right? Like it doesn't say anything about that in the article. It doesn't say anything about, um, you know, the situation at the hospital that day or anything like that. Um, I mean, obviously, it's probably a really difficult time to be a nurse. It, it has to be, right? Like, you're in the middle of a global pandemic. And, well, honestly, though, this was in 2017. So this was a long time ago. This five, I mean, this is five years ago. So not in the middle of a pandemic. But, but that, I mean, still, being a nurse in a major hospital. I mean, the Vanderbilt Medical Center is a major hospital, uh, in Nashville, like in the heart of Nashville, uh, which is a huge city. And, you know, you don't know the situation surrounding this stuff, but, um, and it's tough. I mean, it's, it's, it's tough. It is definitely hard. Um, and medical errors happen all the time. I mean, as far as I know, medical errors are, are super common, which is unfortunate, but, you know, we're, we're busy. Doctors are doctors, nurses, PAs. We're all human. We're, we make mistakes. We're busy. We're, you know, we're, we're flying around trying to help people out. Um, yeah, it's, it's tough out there. I mean, I, I don't know anything about how it is out there right now. And cause I haven't, I haven't done anything like that, but I would love to hear if you have an opinion about this or if you have uh, thoughts on this or if you know what was going on or if you know i don't know maybe you read a different article shoot me an email theweeklymed at gmail.com let me know your thoughts on this i would like to hear about it i'd like to hear it from any perspective 
you don't have to be a medical professional. You can comment on this and say, well, you know, I'm I'm not a medical person, but it sounds like this to me. I, I'd like to hear, you know, any any perspective that you have. And um, it's a really interesting story. I mean, she did get convicted, and and so a jury did find her her guilty of of doing all this stuff, and it's it's sad and it's it's gonna change the way things work with medical errors i think but i don't know you know i don't know how to feel about it i guess i don't i just don't know enough um about how the system really works quite yet to have a a true opinion on it um but yeah i thought that was an interesting story it it caught my eye when i i was seeing it i have a lot of friends that are nurses a lot of friends that are are pas pa students and med students and and it was a it was a semi-hot topic for a little while and i think the sentencing is going to be interesting um because if she gets eight years if she gets the maximum sentence that's going to be that's going to be a whole nother thing um so I don't know. I'm interested to see how it plays out, and it, it is an interesting story. And she she did say that, uh, and this is mentioned at the end of the article. She does say, "I know that that patient is not here because of what I did." So she sort of admits fault. But that's the thing is, you you admit fault to it, but it's about it's about being criminally charged with something versus just having your license revoked or something like that you know this woman if she goes to jail does she deserve to go to jail for eight years four years i don't know i in my mind i don't think so um but again i don't know the system well enough to know if that's how things work it seems like that this is a pretty rare circumstance but I'd love to hear uh, other opinions about this if if that's something that you're interested in. Um, okay. Okay. Um, the last thing that I want to talk about for this episode is I want to I want to go back to the first week of of medical school and i want to talk about some things that i've done in school that have worked really well for me and some things that i've done that haven't worked very well for me and i think it's important if you're planning on going to medical school or if you're planning on going to pa school or nursing school whatever it may be maybe you're in medical school and you're looking for some 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 tips or something like that it's it's really important to do what works for you. And I know that that sounds kind of cliche, but the truth is, is that I, I can't tell you what's going to work for you study wise. I can't tell you what's going to work for you for each class. You, you truly do have to figure it out for yourself. And that's what I had to do. Um, I spent a lot of time on YouTube and uh, on Google looking at what's, okay, well, what's the best way to study? What's the best way to uh, absorb this information? What's the best way to to have this knowledge and and, uh, retain it? 
And there was all kinds of articles about what to do. And some people say that you don't need to use the Anki flashcards, which is an automated flashcard system. Uh, It's computerized flashcards. Some people say you shouldn't use it. Uh, There's some people say that that's the only thing you should use. Uh, There's some websites that say that taking notes is useless. There's some websites that say handwriting notes is an, an absolute must. Some people say that you should go to class and go to in-person lectures, and some people say that you don't have to go to in-person lectures and that it's a waste of time. The bottom line is you have to do what works for you. And so my first semester when I didn't use I didn't use flashcards for a little while, and then I realized, oh, if I really want to do well on this stuff, I got to use flashcards for rote memorization stuff, and that works for me. I have to write stuff out. I have to go to class. I have to do all those things. I have to write out notes. I have to write out a study guide. I have to talk through it, talk through it by myself, talk through it with friends. I have to do all that stuff. If I don't do any of that, I won't do good. I won't. If I don't go to class, if I don't take my notes, if I don't do my flashcards, I'm not going to perform well. And I know that. And it took me a bit to figure that out because I had to do, I had to try some stuff out the first couple of exams. I had to try not using flashcards. And then when I tried using flashcards and I did better, I realized, oh, this is actually good. It's good that I I like flashcards are good. They help me. When I tried just doing flashcards by themselves and not taking notes and not doing any of that stuff and just doing flashcards, 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 and that's the only thing I did, that was not helpful. And so there's there's always going to be websites and stuff that tell you different things right like there's going to be websites that tell you different stuff they tell you what to do and what not to do there's going to be videos of people who say this is the best way to study and this is what to do and da 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 da. and the reality is you just have to try some stuff out and do whatever it is that works best for you if you get a good grade on the exam do keep doing whatever it is you did for that exam If you get a good grade on a practical or whatever, keep doing whatever it is you did for that practical. If it doesn't work, stop doing it. And you have to just test things out. That's part of life. That's part of school. That's part of a job. You have to try things in order to figure out what works best for you, what system and what method works best for you. And I'm going to leave you with that because it's important to think about, one, if you're in school, what's the system that works best for me? What's the best way that I can maximize my performance, not only with studying, but with your mental health, with your physical health, with your mind and body and your spirit? You can do a lot of things, okay? With the right right body, the right mind, and the right spirit, you can perform well on almost anything. And that is the truth. Trust me, I've been there, I've lived through it, and now I'm doing well. I'm gonna leave you with that. Think about that. Think about positive thoughts. Think about doing the right thing, helping people out. And I will see you all next week.